Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Hello, I'm Chris Maxwell. There's so many things about life that I enjoy, that I like, that I love. And uh, one of those things is having conversations with friends and think about the many conversations I have with Tracy Reynolds and can look back over uh, the last um, like decade and a half of my life and the conversations I've had with, with Coach T.J. Rosine. So, T.J., thank you so much for your friendship. Uh, Tracy and I appreciate you. We value you. And thanks for uh, just engaging in conversations with us here for this podcast, but also over like decade and a half. Is that right? Yeah. Our friendship? Man, yeah, thank let's, you. Let's not tell the people. We're, we're getting old. <laughs> we're getting old in a hurry. But man, we've had so many um, just great conversations, meaningful conversations. These are kind of conversations that I want people to engage in, you know, people to be a, a part of. And I, I, I hope for everybody they have those types of people that they can yeah. have those conversations with. Yeah. In, in the conversations, we've had laughter and humor and, and just casual uh, conversations, but also deep questions that we would be willing to ask each other and, um, you know, r- ask honest, uh, deep questions and expect honest answers. Yeah. And I, it, I, I talk all the time about culture. I mean, we're building a culture, whether you're coaching, you're right. leading a business, whatever it is, you're building a culture. And, and people ask me, how would you define a culture? And I say, a culture is very similar to a well-functioning family. There's plenty of bad things going on. There's plenty of arguments. There's plenty. There's there's all of that stuff. You know, I think a lot of times we look at a culture and think, well, it's when everybody's upbeat, on the same page, and things are going good. But that's not true. We all know if we've ever been a part of anything good, there's been some really, you know, high highs and some low lows. But the most important thing is how do we deal with those? Yeah. How do how do we actually work through those and you know, you, we've we've read some similar books, but that messy middle, because that's where culture really right. happens in that messy middle. Everybody wants it to look beautiful, pretty, and easy, but it never is. Anything that's, all, anything that's good, worth doing, never is easy. That's right. And it takes time to develop those. You have to have those conversations that are difficult. The ones that, honestly, I prefer not to have, but... The reason I'm going to go ahead and do it and have those tough conversations is because I know what's on the other side of that is worth uh, the, yeah. the, the difficulty of going through that. Uh, we were having a family gathering last night, and uh, talk, I was, my mind immediately went to my family. Uh, we had them all over the house last night, and about three-quarters of the way through the mill, I heard this loud crack, and uh, my son-in-law's chair, he'd pushed back on it, and the leg broke off. Mm-hmm. And I, I went back to, because uh, I watched his head. I may cry. I watched his face, and he was so embarrassed. Um, and I'm thinking, I pre- I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm trying to know what he's thinking. And he had come from a, a place where, uh, if that had happened in the home he'd been in before, it mm. would have been tough. 
Mm. And I could just see that flashback. And he was like, I'm going to get you a new chair. I'm going to get you a new chair. And we're like, we could care less. It was just a, it wasn't a family heirloom. It yeah. was, we yeah. get some yard sale chairs so we can have it up to sit around the table. It really wasn't, it wasn't valuable. But trying to convince, we spent the rest of the evening uh, on the side, just, just talking him up and just letting him know it's okay. It's okay. Okay. But he went right back, TJ, to that culture. Chris, he was mm. in that culture of growing up. And he had to remember that's not where I am now. Mm. This is, you know, uh, that's my dad over there. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, culture's everything. Yeah. It takes a lot of work through on those types. I mean, you know, same thing when we deal with our basketball players. We can have some breakthroughs and then some setbacks yeah. because you can easily go back to that place. Everybody's got a history. And you can say one thing to one person in your in your group, your business, your church, your team, mm-hmm. and it can mean something really different. And, and I, I can't tell you how many times that we've had to have on a regular basis what we call courageous conversations mm-hmm. because what you were talking about, Tracy, those they're not easy, but those are the conversations that lead to breakthroughs. That's right. I uh, was riding with my grandkids in the car the other day, and a, a beaver ran in front of me. I'm, that's the first time in my 65 years a beaver ran around. And I sped up because it was coming slow. I thought we'd get ahead of it. No, I hit it. I swear. And it, and to my wife, it looked like I targeted Tar- thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I didn't know what to say. And it, the, the air just went out of the car. And so you got Nora and you got uh, Sadie over there. You know, you got a, a, an 11-year-old and a 6-year-old. And they're just, uh, I don't even think one of them knew what going, but Lisa's like, you hit that thing. And he said, oh, you, and oh my, I didn't say anything. I didn't address it at all. And we finally, we took them to the home and, and I, I just didn't know what to say. I was like, do we draw more attention to it? I want to gross them out. Anyway. So, uh, when I got back in the car, Lisa said, why didn't you apologize? Why didn't you apologize? I don't understand. I said, well, baby, I didn't mean to do that. I said, it was, I didn't know what to say. I honestly didn't know what to say. And that was the end of that. So I had a chance. I was at their house a couple of days ago, and I pulled him aside in the room. And I said, can Papa just say something to you guys? I said, the other day, um, I hit that. You know, and she said, uh, and one of them didn't even know what I was talking about. The other one, uh, she said, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, we hit the, the, the animal. And, and I said, well, I just want you to know, I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. That was, and I don't know if that was a big deal or not, guys. I really don't. But I just know that I, I felt like it would add something later to the depth of our ability to be honest. If I talked about the the pink elephant in the room and just say, you know, I I, I hope, you know, I didn't get any joy out of that. I just and I just said I didn't know what to say. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about it before when we were. Talking about how leadership this day is difficult because um, there's there's just so many different angles. There's judgment from different places, but there's also something I think is easier about leadership these mm-hmm. days, and that's this: is I think you can lay your troubles down and people accept them mm-hmm. more. You know, like I, I when I my team knows right away that I was married sixty days before I saw the U-Haul go the other way. They know that um, they know that uh, at our lowest point we could barely put food on the table. And I watched out of the student life parking lot where you two guys work a lot. Them come tow our car away because we couldn't make the payment anymore. And I go on down a list of things that were really tough things for me in my life. And honestly, they're pillars of my life that have changed everything. You know, they're um, 
when we could no longer pay our bills and I was doing everything and I couldn't sleep uh, because I couldn't lead my family and I, I didn't think I was the man I needed to be coming to a place of that is probably one of, if not the greatest things that ever happened to me mm-hmm. because God had a plan and it changed my relationship with money. And, and, you know, and now that we're more fortunate, uh, what I'm most thankful for is I don't have the relationship with it that I had with it back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so now it's easier to use it for what God would want it to be used for than what we want it to be used for. And you can't know that in the moment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these young people that we're leading, they can't know that in the moment. But I think it is easier because they accept you and they believe you more and they understand your authenticity when you're willing to first be vulnerable with them and share and leave those things out there. And, and, you know, talking with your your grandchildren or just the ability to say, I'm sorry, the ability to say, I messed up. It seems like it's kind of a lost art, right? But I, I do think people connect to that when you are able to say, I fail, I mess up. I am not, and, and I, I think that uh, that builds strength in your leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ is um, thinking about the, the young pastors who are listening to this conversation or young leaders in a variety of careers or vocations. Uh, go back to um, what you call this, courageous conversations. Mm-hmm. What are ways that we can be more willing to have those? I, I feel like we're afraid to have those, yeah. but we're desperate for them. Yeah. So we're reluctant, we resist, but we miss the opportunity. What happens? That that courageous conversation could have strengthened a relationship. It could have moved us to a new place and uh, relationally or vocationally. But we resisted, and now we're no longer friends with those people. We've mm-hmm. distanced ourselves from them because we didn't um, we didn't kind of build that boulevard uh, that can be built through uh, courageous conversations. Yeah, I, I read a book one time called I think it's called Swallow the Frog, and it just talked about doing hard things. Yep. And I, I think if you were to re- really just process this in a way that like most of the conversations that we don't want to have are probably the most important ones mm. to have. And just come into that recognition. Because it's easy for us to sit on the sidelines, but I think about it like getting in the game. Yeah. If you want to yeah. get in the game, you got to go have these conversations. Mm. And you have to leave the outcome, the result of the conversation, um, just trusting that God will take care of that. Right. It's just our job to have the conversation a lot of times. You know, we all know that. Like we have friends and we know that they're not doing something they should be doing and maybe they're, you know, talking to people they shouldn't be talking to or what you know, we have got to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And um and, and people I'm hoping that the people that love me will have those conversations yeah. with me. And um we don't a lot of people that are adverse to to controversy or they don't they stay away from those types of conversations but they're missing out on those and then people that love those conversations because they love conflict if they don't come with the right heart heart posture there that can be a problem too mm-hmm. but if you feel it in your heart like this is one i don't want to have i'm telling you like 95 percent of the time it's one i i needed to have that's so true. That's so true. I, I play in the music world with a, a group of guys that are, we're, we're all, except for the one 40 year old, the rest of us are over 60. 
And we, we were working to play a concert downtown, and it required us to have a concentrated amount of, of time working together. But we didn't have time to not have these kinds of concerts. If we were going to play at the level that we wanted to play, we had to just get over ourselves and begin. And what happened was we just started taking a little risk at rehearsals, and at first it stung a little bit. But now, the other day, I was able to just say, listen, man, uh, here's the deal. Uh, the good news is that uh, you're... You play consistently in tune, but your horn uh, is consistently flat. Mm-hmm. I said, that's an easy fix. You, you play great as a musician, is what I'm saying. But I said, but we need to make sure that we pull that up. I don't feel you're hearing it. That doesn't matter. We're going to have to pull that up just a little bit, make all the difference in the world. I don't think I could have had that conversation even six months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't offended. It was just, and it's the kind of thing where because we all know we want the same thing at the end of the day. Now, not just the win, but what we're getting is this really wonderful relationships where it's uh, the win feels better. Yeah. If you were to ask me, because we've been really fortunate, we've had a lot of success in, in, in our, at our team. And this year we were seven and seven before we went on to win 16 games in a row. And if you were to ask me what changed, conversations, courageous conversations, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, people being willing to, engage with each other in tough stuff and i think that once you've been in some of those tough conversations and you've learned how to have them they do get easier i would encourage people to just go out and just try that one yeah but with our team that's what we do on a daily basis is is and if you ask me probably what's the number one thing that's probably helped us to be successful is we have those conversations not even do we have them we hunt them because we know around the corner there's some change. And I'm going to have two or three of them today with, with players. And it's going to start out you know, pretty much the same. Establishing a baseline. You know, so-and-so, you know I love you. Do you know that? I do. Therefore, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I don't even mince words. I don't even mince it. Here's what I think is true. Here's what I believe. This is what I've heard. Whatever it is that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about. And I want to get your thoughts. I want to get your feelings on that. Yeah. But if you've established a place of understanding and, and some yeah. level of care and love for each other, uh, the highest form of love I think you can you can show them is to go into that conversation mm-hmm. because you love them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like the old phrase that seek first to understand, then to be understood. And and sometimes I say, just help me understand. This is what I perceive to be reality. Yeah. This is what I was told. This is what, you know, I, but it's okay. I'm gonna, I guess what I'm saying is I'm granting you the benefit of the doubt. Help me understand yeah. what, what was going on there. Because, again, there's usually more to it, or maybe it's not. It was just that simple. I just lost my mind. And, and Tracy, you did a wonderful job. When you were in charge of discipline at Emmanuel, I was able, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate to be in on a couple, <laughs> right? Because I might have had a player in trouble or something. But when you were able to do that and be able to, to watch you, there was no doubt from the student where you were coming from. You know, there was no doubt that like you don't want to be here. I don't want to be here, right? But I want to hear your heart. Like, and and I think that that is authentic leadership because I, I think in the coaching world and the business world, we're often oftentimes looking for the the answer. That how does this outcome? What's the final outcome? Mm-hmm. But most of the time, the growth, the change, the real good stuff that happens is 
in the messy part of it where we went through something hard, where we talked about this, where we established why you did this and how you can change those things going forward. And I think it's a real low level of leadership when we just go in there and say, you did X, punishment is Y. And yeah. there is no in between where we actually worked through something. And you know that, guys, in counseling. And I've been able to witness both of you do that with other people where it wasn't just about, can I get out of this what I want out of it? Or can they get out of it what they want out of it? But can we really just get to the bottom of what God yeah. wants out of this? Mm-hmm. That's so good. Uh, TJ, uh, I've been challenging uh, Tracy over the last few years to write a book. I mean, he's very mm-hmm. gifted. He's a great communicator. And he's got a wonderful angle from the music perspective. And so uh, the book is Second Chair. Mm -hmm. And I want you to talk to us about the importance of the role of leadership from someone who is not uh, the first chair, Mm -hmm. head coach. Yeah. How important is that for us to be willing to accept the role of assistant pastor or second chair, however that fits in our in our area, how can we lead well from that role? Well, I've been fortunate to read some of it. And I, you know, first of all, I just love the perspective and where it's coming from. And I actually think you're an amazing person to write that book, too, you know, because you, you've just, you, you've lived that and you've modeled that in so many different ways. But, you know, I don't know why people, I, I oftentimes find myself in the first chair. You know, and I don't even know that that's what I would choose, but I just end up in that first chair a lot. But I've been in the first chair in enough situations to recognize that that first chair really is not oftentimes as important as you think it is Mm. if people aren't in the other chairs. And, you know, that's just zooming out and looking at the big picture. And I think about that with my team is I don't want them to walk away and um, realize, here's the number one leader and he made us do all of these things. I want to empower leaders. And I know that when we are a team full of leaders leading from different chairs, leading in our little realms, and maybe somebody's cup is they can lead, you know, 90 out of a hundred and somebody else can lead 10 out of a hundred and they're just growing. That 10% is the one that finishes off that 90, you know, and I just, I, and I've had a firsthand experience with that with your son, Graham, we talked about him before, but like, look, I have a lot of gifts as a leader, but I am, com- I am totally incomplete without that second chair. And most of my gifts aren't nearly as good and nearly as impactful or powerful without that second chair. And I think that um, really good first chair leaders recognize that they are not capable of getting anywhere or taking people mm. where they need to go if they don't have great second chair leaders. And, um, man, it's my hope one day, honestly, to be a second chair leader because I sometimes watch that and I think, man, I would love to just take a step back mm-hmm. and not be in the front. And I, I think sometimes there's more value in that because they, I often think second chair leaders are deeper. They go deeper and, and they really get to the, to the heart of the problem. And sometimes the first chair leader gets some um, bit of, you know, like, oh, they, they did that. When nobody really knows. The first mm-hmm. chair leader knows it wasn't possible without the second chair leader. But I love the concept. I love the, the whole just analogy of how you drew that up. And, mm-hmm. and, and I can tell you this, it is 100% true. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. And Tracy, yeah. we're proud of you for doing that. And, but it, it brings us back to the Jesus view. Yeah, uh, It's like, it, it's not the title that we are to pursue. Right, it's not yeah. the, the ranking. It's, it's like, 
teamwork and, and, and finding our place and, and, you know, our position. And, and the, the leader of the team may not be viewed by others as the leader of the team. He may not be the biggest yeah. on the stat sheet. That's right. But he's creating an atmosphere and a climate where you're important. I'm going to get you the ball or I'm going to get out of the way and let you play your role. I mean, yeah. it's just I, like, I that's ask myself life. all the time. Are we getting this thing wrong? Because I think this whole first chair leader is a Western civilization mm. culture thing where we just feel like we've yeah. got to do this and we've got to do this. But, man, I oftentimes push pause and my wife is really good at helping me to press pause on this and be like are we actually doing this right because some of the things that we're learning about how to be a leader in this realm or that realm like man i don't know jesus did it a way different way you know and and it's uh and that's what's so crazy and that's what brings you know faith to life for me is because if he would have been a first chair leader right like i don't i don't know but because he was a second Mm -hmm. chair everyone says Mm -hmm. How does a man like that in that position do what he did? And like it's, it's just undeniable. Yeah, well, that's so good, uh, TJ. As you're thinking about uh, you know each of our roles and, and responsibilities and leadership, and um, Tracy, what are your thoughts? As we're just kind of saying goodbye to TJ and just my thought is I don't want this conversation to end. That's what I, my thought is. But but the beauty of it is that we can have others. I just want to tell you how much I um, love you and appreciate your friendship uh, and what you do. Uh, Thank you for being a good first chair leader who cares for the the other people around. Nobody has to tell me that about you. I know that. I see the fruits of that. And the cool thing is, you know, the people stay for longevity because they, they love. As you said earlier, you don't want to go to a lesser culture when you've been a part of something that's life-giving mm. and transformative potentially, not transactional. And yeah. I just so appreciate that. And uh, Chris, it's always an amazing time uh, when we get together, just kind of get out of the way and let people, uh, God sends us wonderful people like T.J. Rosine to, to mm-hmm. be our guest. And it's an honor to get to do this with you, my friend. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys very much. And, and T.J., I want to encourage our listeners, our audience to connect uh, with with what you guys are doing so remind everybody again about uh, you know your podcast and, and, and PGC, all that you're doing yeah. With PGC yeah so I mean come check out Emmanuel College great Christian education love to have you there um, check us out on hardwood hustle we just try and help people I mean it's just just like this podcast here a little bit different audience but same thing just trying mm-hmm. to help people um, do what they do and do life better and then you know PGC basketball we help coaches come check that out and if you ever have a kid um, I send my kids every year multiple times to PGC basketball because um, it is uh, not faith-based, but you'd be hard-pressed to leave and feel like it wasn't faith-based because you know your life changes a little bit. And it's just helping kids find the richness of the game and the richness of being a great teammate because the game's going to go away at some point. And how do they just be better people that love people better? And and we spend time doing that. That's so good. Well, let's all be teammates and and understand in this game of life we can find ways to work together to make our next steps our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, a weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you joined us. You can find us on your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. 
Tracy Reynolds' new book, Second Chair Leadership, How to Serve, Thrive, and Lead from Where You Play, is available now at ctracyreynolds.com or Amazon. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services, is available now at chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their musical releases at casualamericans.com or your favorite music supplier. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. Things fit.